The Lord be with you, pillar friends. It's good to be with you in in this way, wherever you're gathered, whoever you're with in these crazy times. Um, My name is Anna, and I'm a pastoral intern among us at Pillar. Full disclosure, this is my very third sermon ever. And I was sitting with Pastor John on Pillar Lawn earlier this week. We were troubleshooting, trying to get to the crux of what I felt called to say. And he asked me this question. Who is it that you're preaching to? And that question helped me focus on the beloved pillar community that I know and love. And it it made me think of the people that I've walked with in the past couple weeks from our community those whose stories I've gotten to be in, those whose pain I've gotten to see up close. I thought of friends at Freedom Village who aren't able to gather with their loved ones in the ways they might have hoped for this Thanksgiving. I thought of my friend who is waiting for medical results to come back. I thought of my friend who is carrying the anguish of mental health struggles in a way that not many people see. I thought of my friend who is living through this Thanksgiving without her loved one for the first time, someone who's passed away. And so, Pillar, my prayer is that together as we come around the Word of God, as we pray Psalm 65 together, my prayer is that this will become our prayer, that the good news of the gospel we hear echoed in these words would be for you good news that you can taste, good news that God makes real for you. And in this prayer of thanksgiving, Psalm 65 is a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of faith. In this prayer, we hear echoes of a good gospel that is unimaginably wide and unimaginably near to us. So let's pray these words together. This is Psalm 65. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who answer prayer, to you all flesh shall come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with deliverance, O God of our salvation. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. By your strength, you establish the mountains. You are girded with might. You silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, the tumult of the peoples. Those who live at earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. You make the gateways of the morning and the evening shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. The river of God is full of water. For so you have prepared it. You provide the people with grain. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with riches. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy, The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. 
They shout and sing together for joy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalmist begins with telling us the core of what we confess to be the good news of the Christian gospel. We worship a God who answers prayer, who forgives our overwhelming sins, a God who chooses us, draws us near, and satisfies us. This is the good news of the gospel. And in this psalm, we hear echoes of a gospel that is unimaginably wide and unimaginably near. This good news, the the person of Jesus, whom we love and confess, this good news is bigger in scope, bigger in implications than we might imagine. This is good news for the ends of the earth, good news for the farthest seas. This is the God who established the mountains by his strength. This is good news for all of creation, the reality that redefines all of existence. This is good news for the places we've never seen, people we've never met. Could it be that the good news of the gospel is so unimaginably wide that we can't pin it down, systematize it, control it? Could it be that the good news of the gospel extends to people we'll never meet, places we'll never see, situations that are out of our control? Even now as we speak, God is at work in the created world, cultivating shalom, making all things new in ways that we can't see, ways we can't understand. Because the good news of the gospel is unimaginably wide. It's good news for the hills, good news for the meadows, good news for the pastures, good news for the flocks, good news for the whole of creation. But I read the same news you do. I see the same headlines. Hurricanes, coronavirus, fires, post-election chaos. Could it be that the unimaginably wide good news of the gospel is relevant to those circumstances? Could it be that the good news of Jesus touches down in those places too? And that's not to say that the havoc-wreaking realities of sin and death in the world aren't still at play. But it is to say that one day, the abundance and bounty and goodness and grace of God will ultimately overcome the havoc-wreaking realities of sin and evil in the world. The victory in Jesus will come to full fruition when God makes all things new. That's why St. John says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And what's so beautiful about the cosmic, world-shaking, unimaginably wide good news of the gospel is that this same big God chooses to be 
unimaginably near to us. This God is simultaneously so close to us, so intimate with us. This God chooses to make himself known to us in relationship. The same God who established the mountains by his strength, who, whose love reaches the farthest ends of the earth. This same God who, this is the God who walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He walked with them. This is the God who wrestled with Jacob, got down to his level and really wrestled. This is the God who came and was among his people, tabernacled among them, came to them in a cloud of, in a pillar of cloud, came to them in a pillar of fire. Um, this is the God who spoke relationally to his people in the prophets. And ultimately, the best picture we have of this God um, is God coming to us in, in Jesus, God taking on flesh. Verse nine says, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. We serve a visiting intimate God who chose to come to us in Jesus, becoming like us in every way apart from sin, entering into the complexities and pain of what you're experiencing, taking it on himself, nailing it to the cross and redeeming it in resurrection victory so that one day all things will be made right and new and good, both at a meta level and individually for you. That is our Christian hope. Could it be that the good news of Jesus, the good news of the gospel that's unimaginably near, could it be that Jesus cuts through our platitudes, meets us in the messiness, and offers us full, whole, abundant life with him in the midst of what we're carrying? Could it be true that God is offering to meet you in your driest places? Could it be true that God wants to pour out water, the water of his spirit, the water of his goodness, onto the thirsty ground of your life, the thirsty ground of your family's life. The river of God is full of water. There's enough to go around. Have you tasted it? The good news of the gospel is unimaginably near. I love to read a children's Bible called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, maybe you've read it with your family. And part of the reason I love it is because it describes God's love as never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And I believe that God is offering to you in your driest places a love that is unbreaking, never stopping, never giving up, always and forever love. That's the love we hear in Psalm 65. And that's the love that God offers to you through a gospel that is unimaginably wide and unimaginably near. And so I don't know where, you're, where you are today, who you were able to gather with. Maybe you're not with the friends and family you would have hoped to be with. Maybe you're with more people than you're comfortable being with. Um, but for you, the good news of the gospel is near in Jesus by his Holy Spirit. 
So to my friends in Freedom Village, this psalm offers a gospel that is near to you. For my friend who is asking questions about um, mental health, the good news of the gospel offers a God who is near to you. You can pray this psalm. For my friend who's waiting for test results to come back, the good news of the gospel is near to you. You can pray this psalm. And the psalm offers to us a God who is unimaginably big, unimaginably wide, and unimaginably near. So let's pray together. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who answer prayer, to you all flesh shall come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. Thank you, God, that you are not a God who is for us in the abstract. Thank you that you don't offer us salvation at a distance. And even as you hold the whole world, you are with us in nearness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.